Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnick. Today's guest is a, a colleague, a woman I've known for a few years now, Macon Gilmartin. She is an incredibly accomplished athlete, which we'll talk about throughout our interview, but also an entrepreneur and a do-gooder. She is the founder of the Global Goals World Cup. And uh, why don't we just start by uh, welcoming you, uh, Macon, and tell us a little bit about your career journey and how you got where you got. <laughs> Hi, Toby, good to see you here. And thank you for being, uh, inviting me on uh, today. Uh, God, you know, it's such a long journey by now in one's life, right? We've lived right. for such a long time. So it was like, what was this whole road thing about? But um, again, yeah. I think I think my my relation with sports might be an, an interesting thing. I grew up playing, and I think what like most children when they grow up playing, they kind of own the world of sports, right? I mean, you're kind of the CEO of that one and until you start getting into clubs and you lose it a little bit, and and then of course if you're a woman and a girl, you lose it completely probably when you're about 13 or 12 or something like that, and. And then I started getting, uh, I kept on playing throughout my life, but I got definitely got an interest in, in uh, jumping into making films. And maybe it somehow feels like a detour making films. I made many films in my life and then suddenly, you know, uh, our now prime minister made a flex. And in Denmark, she, she, some years ago, she said, listen, I need some of you women to step up and help us create more active images of women in media. And then I started looking at my old sport and thinking, okay, what can I do for, for women's football, for soccer? Um, and that's why I started doing Global Goals Workshops. These I started doing these immensely just playful football tournaments for women at music festivals and, and in the streets. And, and it was never about being the fastest and the, and the, and the best. It was about being the most playful. Mm. Um, and then when the UN came along and we were going to implement the global goals, we were kind of looking at ourselves and saying, okay, that, what does that mean for the world of sports? How do we step in, you know, for the global goals? And so, that's how we created the Global Goals World Cup. Yeah. It, wow. You've just given us so much. Um, the, the sport you were, uh, if I recall correctly, you were semi-professional or professional uh, no, I was I was good at when I was growing up, uh, but I also knew again. I, yeah, so I jumped into being a very you know a movie owner when I was twenty one, and that whole world were more fascinating. I think at the time. What, when you say movies, what kinds of movies were you doing? So in the beginning, yes, I got my feet into just being a, a kind of a, a manager of a, an art house, movie house in Copenhagen. And that was my kind of first steps and ended up buying films for, for Danish national television and just being kind of a loud, young, playful <laughs> film thing. And then uh, I started, ended up producing films and I've produced, yeah, so plus 15 films now in my life and very different, some youth and some funny and some not funny and yeah, some good, some bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then um, when you, your, your government asked you to try and help do more storytelling around women and, and girls images in media, you, given your trade of film, you turned to soccer because you'd had a great experience there. And uh, what was the first step? Did you actually do a film about soccer or a soccer no. player or? No, actually not. I mean, I think I had a hate, love-hate relationship to, to the world of sports because 
you know, I have three brothers and it was so obvious that the sports world was so manufactured towards boys and men and not to women. If you look at the United States, I just saw numbers that, you know, in high school, you're supposed to have equal opportunity when it comes to sports because of Title IX, right? But there's 1.3 million more programs for boys than for girls mm. in that age. And it just goes like crazy. Yes. So, so yeah, definitely a, a kind of a conflicted thing. But, um, but I, I went out to, to a fashion magazine at the time and I just said, listen, why don't we do an amateur tournament in the streets for women? So we tell women how playful and fun it is just to come together, but also that you don't have to be a good player or anything like this to come out and have fun and move. And, and then we made this whole thing about you know, best outfits because you know, if a person goes on the field who's not good at playing football, but come in full, like, you know, uh, jersey things, then they feel obligated to be good. And of course they're not. But if they come up, you know, dressed up like bees, then suddenly it is so much more playful than, than uh, you know. So, so we just rearranged the rules as we went on. You know, we made our own kind of things. And that became my first thing. And then I also developed the football. <laughs> That was a little more serious. There's so many injuries in women's football. So yeah. I, I looked at the football and just said, the actually ball could have an impact here also because it's heavy, right? And yeah. then it takes something from one something to the other, right? Mm -hmm. So just for our listeners who aren't necessarily soccer or football players, so the, the men's football is uh, much heavier and larger in size. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. you created one for your league. Is that a fair statement? Well, in the beginning, I was looking, I was coaching my daughter's team and they were, you know, getting into that age where you would start playing with the adult size football, right? And you could just see the injuries come in and, and I was like, you know, and then when you started reading about it, you realized how many, I mean, how many more injuries in women's soccer. Women's soccer is just, just below men's ice, ice hockey when it comes to <laughs> injuries and Jeez. so... So, uh, yeah, so the ball definitely has, has, because it is heavier, but it was interesting to do that because I both had people saying that's a really good idea. And I also had people say, isn't it sexist that we women should play with something that is smaller than the size men? And I was like, that's sexist to think that we should play with the same <laughs> size as, as men. Play with the size ball that fits you. I don't wear yeah. size 46 in shoes, the same thing. I mean, I wear what fits my body, but that was has been a fun, uh, yeah. fun development. Particularly when the goal is to get young women and girls involved in the sport and in the playing of it, right? As opposed to thinking about the specific clothes or the specific tools or uh, equipment. So uh, you created this, uh, I, I, this is only on audio, but I know from the visual that we're doing right now, I can see your uh, SDG soccer ball behind you there. Um, you've taken your experience in soccer and business and you've created a, a tournament, the Global Goals World Cup. Tell our listeners who aren't necessarily familiar with the UN or the Global Goals, what the Global Goals are, and then we can describe the football perhaps. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, in 2015, every 15 years, the UN, they, they um, come up with a new set of, uh, of uh, agendas or a to-do list for the world. And in, 19, in, oh, in, in 2015, they, they uh, created the global goals. And the global goals were really the first time where they really got people from all over the world to participate and, 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 and figure out what should the 
goals for the next 15 years be for all countries in a sense. And, and at the time they succeeded in getting 193 countries to sign on to it. And it became is a major and it is a, a, a major to do list for, for so many people now uh, in the world. And, and, um, and we were looking at it from the perspective of sports and, uh, and we tried to see if we could convince them to take physical education under quality education, which is goal four, because if we succeeded in that, that would mean that 62 million girls around the world had to have access to sports through schools. We have uh, we 17, 17 sustainable development goals or SDGs, right? Yeah. One of which is um, young, empowering young girls and women, right? Yeah. And then there are others like life underwater or uh, eradicating poverty or good governance, these types of things. So exactly. you, were on, you were taking on a couple of the SDGs. Yeah, so we were, we were I was talking about goal four was this quality education. And, um, but we came in into the conversation too late or if it was too controversial, but it ended, ended us in the middle of a great conversation with the UN about the role of sports for the global goals and and um, so they wrote in Mandela's famous quote of saying that you know sport can help change the world, and uh, and then we ended up you know putting all the icons on the football. All there's seventeen of them: zero hunger, uh, no poverty, uh, gender equality, equality, and and just to kind of symbolize that sport can play a role. And then, of course, then for the last last. Uh, Five years, a lot of us kind of sports organizations, sport for development, have pushed really hard to uh, to um, for people to understand that we are actually, you know, capable of of helping achieving the global goals. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, today on the Caring Economy, we have Macon Gilmartin. She is the founder of Global Goals World Cup, and uh, an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, and, and much more. Macon, when you uh, you so you have the SDG soccer ball, you basically have stitched together the leather pieces such that each of the 17 SDGs is represented and um, you use it in your tournaments. So talk to us a little bit about the World Cup tournament. You've been organizing these comp real competitions, right? Between teams that are um, based on specific goals and they, in a pre-COVID era, they were physically meeting at various locations like during the, um, in New York during the uh, uh, UN General Assembly week, right? And you'd have your competitions and then you've done the competitions around the world. Tell us a little bit about how these, these tourneys play out. Yeah, it's, um, it's a new World Cup. Um, that's our goal. Our goal is to have a World Cup where it's not just a few places a year, but it's, it's in every country uh, possible in the world so we are close to where the women live is for amateur women and uh, we have uh, played around with the rules and have created a play method because it's really in the sense of saying getting how do we get uh, women who doesn't value uh, you know sport doesn't care about it or just getting everyone to come out and and uh, play uh, play football so you have to you have to pick one of the global goals and you have to do an activation for that. So you kind of get ranked by the activations that you do uh, for one of the goals leading up to the tournament. And then we um, we use four points. So you get one point for creative style. And that's uh, not just because it's playful, but it's also because 
when people come together and do something that they're not used to doing, like creating a costumes and for some not, and for some playing football, it doesn't matter what it is you come together and do that you didn't know, you create trust between people, you create a lot of fun. And that, and that is it, that is uh, trusting also helps you dare to speak up. So to speak up about the, the changes that you wanna see. And then they get, uh, so one point for creative style, one point for the actual football, one point for speaking up and engaging the crowd and one point for the activation that you have done. And those four points just make it really, really playful the way that you see teams come in. I mean, the winners in New York in, in, uh, in the finals in 19 was a team from the Czech Postal Service. And the Czech Postal Service, they, they were women just, you know, behind the counter selling, you know, stamps mm-hmm. coming together, but they have 30,000 pretty much all women uh, uh, working in the Czech postal systems. And they did a campaign of, of uh, getting um, uh, doctors without borders to come and test the women for skin cancer and breast cancer. And they found in the first testing, they found 273 women that was affected somehow that was that did, they didn't know. And then they got changed the rules within their company of how you how do you react as an organization with somebody gets cancer or pre, you know, conditions. And so, so seeing a group of eight women, you know, coming together who didn't play sports before, but then, and then suddenly have the influence of, mm-hmm. of uh, the 30,000 employees in their own organization. And of course, you know, people around them, it is, it's, it's magical to see the effect. That, and, and I'll always say that. And, uh, a healthy person, or not healthy, but a, a physically active person has a really great ripple effect because it affects, you know, you do it with someone or you you influence some, but it also says, statistics says that if your woman is active, there's a 98% chance her children will be too. Yes. So that's like spam right there on the health, <laughs> <laughs> health goal three. <laughs> so. I'm with you. I'm with you. And at a minimum, we should all try and at least walk each day if we're capable of doing that. <laughs> It's such a, a mind clearer. Um, so when you go around the world, making, tell us a little bit about um, maybe some of the bumps or the joys you've discovered when, you know, maybe you're in a country where young girls and women haven't been afforded the opportunity to be active in sports or, um, or recognized for that athleticism or how, how does it play out from one country to the next? I find the women are uh, this are, are amazing all over. It doesn't matter if it's refugee women in in Jordan or old women in in Uganda. I mean, it's the same desire to create a, a a good sustainable living for the surroundings, to be part of something, to be in their community, to be present in their community, to have, you know. Um, uh, a voice and, and a saying and an influence that their family will thrive. Um, and it doesn't, it really doesn't matter who I, have, who I meet that plays out the complete same way. And then of course there are very different policies uh, within countries, but there's no country that has, that doesn't have a play gap. Mm-hmm. All countries have more programs uh, for, for men and boys. And uh, there's, of course, also still some countries where the whole thing about women being physically is, is uh, culturally really not looked upon as, as a thing to do. It is, things are, are changing. I mean, we're working in, in the MENA region. So we're doing a tournament in Jordan where we're working on right now. And then we will be going to uh, Morocco and Saudi Arabia. And 
equally the three countries are different. I mean, five years ago, you couldn't play sport as a woman in Saudi Arabia. And now the whole thing is opening up and it's magical to be part of. Yes, yeah, really amazing. And, and uh, I like to think with any kind of, of work that we're doing around social impact, it's not, um, there's not really a point of arrival, right? It's a constant discipline like sports itself. You just, the more you play, the better you get at it, the stronger you get, the more nimble you become. So I'm glad to hear that. Tell us a little bit about disabled uh, girls and women. Is there a place for them in the Global Goals World Cup? Yeah, anytime. It's, it is actually quite grateful because we, again, we are a World Cup that, that changed the rules of a World Cup, right? So, and added rules. So, so um, we had, um, I mean, we have had people that are deaf, that are blind, that are uh, amputees, that are in wheelchairs, and uh, we just adapt to the situation um, they they are in when we uh, when we play the games when so they enter the tournament like everyone else uh, and then you know when we had deaf players in Uganda we we had a a ref that had um, that had that knew how to ref those type of games because that is a different way of communicating and uh, we had them join and and when we uh, we had a full team of amputee teams in in. Um, in Kenya and and um, they 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 didn't win any of their games, but of course they got really far. Yeah. <laughs> they got to the semifinals because they had the entire Paralympic world behind them, right? So in the crowd <laughs> point, they really scored. Awesome. <laughs> big, really awesome. Big, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, they all everyone is is there. I mean, the grandmother is in in. Uh, in uh, Uganda, they they uh, they they came. They made it to the finals, and and they were. I mean, they're literally grandmothers, and and they, they started practice some months before and and um, the tournament. And um, and be before we were done with their tournaments, we had a team of grandmothers, their daughters, and the granddaughters, and yes. they were playing. The grandmothers were playing for decent work and economic because they were concerned about their their daughter, their own daughters. Who was in their working age right getting mm -hmm. jobs and the mothers they were playing for zero hunger because their concern was about being able to feed their kids right? i mean so interesting i, I want to ask you one more question along these same lines and then we'll go over to the the business sector um just in terms of transgender youth um we're seeing more movement now here in the united states of governments and and uh, communities looking at uh, whether or not transgender uh, youth should be able to participate in the in the gender that they present themselves. And I wonder how uh, the Global Goals World Cup approaches transgender uh, girls uh, who want to participate. Are they welcome? I, I think that it's for some it's definitely a, a, a complex. Uh, um question but for us it's for everyone can play in our tournament because we have four points that equals out so it's never just the most physically or best player who wins our tournaments right creativity and somebody who's been out picking up 400 or what was it 340 ton of garbage right i mean they get high points that's awesome. so, so it's not it's that is not an issue at all Great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We have uh, Macon Gilmartin today from the founder of the Global Goals World Cup. Uh, welcome back. Uh, Macon, I want to ask you a bit about the role of business in society. You've been a businesswoman yourself. 
Um, you come from an incredibly, if not uh, the most progressive, a progressive country, Copenhagen. Um, how do you view the role of business and society, um, not just for Global Goals World Cup, but in general? Well, I mean, it's it's a it's it's complex because um, power is is uh, plays a big role, and we have this uh, idea of what power looks like, and and I think um, so. Either do you play into into that type of power, or do you? Because when you build something and you construct something, or you you know you run a company, there's a level of power that you know, do you use it or do you not use it? And when you don't use it, you know, how many more <laughs> months or years is it going to take for you to kind of race together with everyone, you know, uh, locally and globally? So I think that the whole challenge of power of saying, you know, is it, is it wealth? Is it, in a, I mean, is it a country like, you know, I come from Denmark, is it, is it a country wealth? It is, is it a, uh, gender wealth, uh, you know, where where is and or power? Mm -hmm. So that I struggle with, you know, how do I how, how do I not become that that thing? Because I don't I, I I sincerely don't believe in that. And then of course also you look at the financial situations and and we have kind of made it our our voice maybe that we uh, we never think about finances first and it's painful sometimes but so there's a there's a lot of other things that comes before especially women that comes before us before we start thinking about uh, money and and uh, and we already doomed in in the world of women's sport because you know we don't get media attention we don't really get any finances not, not the same parity and com yes the, although the the u.s um team's done a pretty good job of raising awareness around pay inequities here. Um, so are there some brands that you've been really proud to work with some uh, from the private sector in in Global Goals World Cup? And you want to give a shout out to? Uh, I mean, many, I think that the, the ones that uh, that um, also makes teams in our tournaments, you know, and that could be small and big companies, but that they 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 make a team of you know, of eight women, or the, the women make their own team, right? And, like and the postal them. service, yep. Yeah, like the postal service, like right now in Jordan, there's a team from one of the banks and, and they have taken um, uh, all the plastic credit cards, I mean, thousands of credit cards and they've turned them into jewelry. And it became, a, during the pandemic, it became a whole thing of them uh, getting the entire bank involved and their families involved in making these jewelries and then it became a, a, a social enterprise for some of the refugee teams playing in our tournament as well for them to sell these products and the whole um, um, way of the a, a company that gets behind their team give them you know let them go and practice and play and activate uh, in their in their within their working time and and uh, and be proud of them i mean uh, i and and i think they just really also see how how much these women can can do for an organization so those, those i mean i'm just really proud of them for for doing this um and then of course also uh, proud of un to to join along with us and saying this will be a global partner and and we still a tiny little you know, thing in the world, right? We're doing our 16th tournament in Jordan, 
these days. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, and we want to play in all 193, so we have a way to go. So, yeah. has it been any great memorable brand at one of the U.S. tournaments that you've seen? What has been the U.S.? I have to come back on that one. Which one? I mean, because for me, of course, I'm not. You remember you had the tournament a couple of years ago over at Hudson Yards, and I'm not sure which uh, teams came forward from where, if there were any that sort of popped out. It's fine if you don't. I was just trying to think for our U.S. listeners, it might be fun if there's a brand they heard of or really clever. Well, now I'm just going to talk to all my U.S. listeners and saying, hey, <laughs> do we need U.S. brands for when we come and play? We play the, the finals in New York every year, and of course that has been challenged tremendously. Uh, because we couldn't play last year and and uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if we'll be able to play this year because that's also means bringing teams in from around the world right to play in the finals yeah um, so well tell us um for when we are beyond the worst of covid hopefully sooner rather than later making how does one get involved how what's your what's your url what's your social your hashtag so people can follow you and your uh, global goals world cup yeah, so I mean, we call Global Goals World Cup, and then short is GG Global Goals and WCUP. So, and that's how all our handles okay. is uh, that one. And listen, I mean, if you need a moment to really feel touched, then go in and watch the films on our website because there's so many amazing stories from from India, from Greece, from Madrid, from you know, from uh, MENA region, from Africa, about just women coming out there to play and, and to do actions for the global goals. I mean, and they are rock stars in my world. I mean, they, for me, are the new, you know, role models in the world of sports. So exciting. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to thank today's guest, Nathan Gilmartin for joining us. She's the founder of the Global Goals World Cup and a friend and uh, a wonderful colleague. Nathan, thank you for joining us on The Caring Economy. Thank you so much and good luck and take care everyone.